Welcome back to another episode here of Survival Worldwide on Reality Pop. Riley and myself is joined by our very first guest from Australian Survivor, Brains vs. Brawns. It's Way. Way, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It was really great to watch you guys kind of recap through the season. And here we are, postseason analysis. <laughs> we tried our best. We tried our best. That sometimes we we appreciate myself and Riley as two uh, pretty big fans. Sometimes we throw the term super fans out there pretty loosely. Um, I think Riley can count more as a super fan than myself because I sometimes get my facts wrong and he keeps me straight. Um, but you know, we we appreciate that sometimes we don't get to see everything while people are out there on the island. So obviously, having this opportunity to talk to you here today to talk a little bit about your game uh, is something that both of us have looked forward to a lot. Um, but before we get into the game I guess the nitty-gritty I noticed that you've got a really nice bookshelf there at the back with a bunch of books and I thought you know since you're an author my first question to you is what are you reading currently what's your latest book and are you into fiction or non-fiction oh excellent excellent questions I love talking about books probably yes um so right now I am actually reading oh there's a plug for you Henry Hamlet's Heart it is a love Oz YA book written by Rhiannon Wilde she's a debut author I'm really enjoying it so far I read a lot of young adult books so I typically okay. read fiction because I'm a young adult author so you kind of have to read the things that you write about and stuff so I write books for teens and kids and love a good young adult especially in Australia we have a really good um I guess group of Australian authors, most of them are whom are friends, but you know, I think we write really good kind of young adult books. So yeah, so I'm I'm a keen reader. As you can probably tell, definitely in that brain space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm someone that loves books as well. I'm actually reading The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck at the moment, which I'm really enjoying. It's quite an interesting book. A little bit about human psychology um, as well. And I, I kind of like those kind of books in general. Um, anything that's in regards to self-betterment and self-help and that type of stuff is what I'm really into in business books. A little bit nerdy as well. But because I work in business, it definitely does help. Um, now, Wei, I was sort of wondering, being out there on Australia Survival, did it give you any new sort of content and ideas while you were out there? Because obviously you would have had a lot of time with yourself there um, where potentially you would have been able to think about things, you know, where you are in life and what you're going to do next and potentially what your next book is going to be about. Did you get any inspiration being out there? And will we see characters that would resemble King, King George and Queen Hayley and some of the future books there? That is an awesome question. Um, Yes, being out in Survivor was a really interesting experience for me as an author. It was the first time I was kind of doing something and I couldn't write stuff down, which for me was actually one of the bigger um, frustrations, I think, about the whole experience. Because I'm like, oh, I really want to capture this. And it's like trying writing stick in the ground. No, that doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of... It was a really good experience for me. And that was part of the reason why I like went on the show in, in general was because I do feel like as an as a writer, you kind of learn a lot from those lived experiences. And I met so many people I don't think I would have normally encountered in my day to day. George and Haley being, you know, probably some of them. So I think having those types of interactions and also understanding a lot of what being human like boiled down to that really like basic experience. Like, you know, most of the time my life is, you know, first world problems and I'm worried about all these like, you know, big things that come out. But really when you come down to like, you're hungry, you're tired, you know, you're just trying to survive, people are trying to backstab you and trying to think through those kind of basic experiences is yeah, really enlightening. And I really enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed, but um, was really rewarding for me as an author. So I do have some ideas kicking around. Um, I will say that COVID's been hard and I haven't really been writing so much, which was also why I was like, hey, survivors, 
is a good thing to do. I'm not like, kind of at the keyboard all the time. So yeah, lots of ideas. Hoping to get some good stuff on paper to, yeah, hopefully become a story. But books take a long time to write. They don't write themselves. So see how it goes. Keep a, keep a, keep an eye out for, you know, King George, the illustrated version or something. He'd love it. Oh, my God, he would love that so much. We'd certainly love to see it. Now, Wei, were you a big fan of Australian Survivor going into the show? What was your sort of experience with the show before you went on? Were you a fan from day one or from when Australian Survivor started in 2016? What was the level of fandom? Yeah, so um, I'm more of a casual fan. I definitely consider I'm familiar with the game. I've watched. I So I, my introduction to Survivor was those early seasons in this U.S. because um, I'm obviously American. So that was when Survivor first came out. It was one of the first reality TV shows essentially to be made. And I love that the format has kind of stayed consistent. Like there's more things involved now, obviously. But um, so, yeah, so from then I watched a couple of seasons of Australian Survivor, but not even on that like kind of really in-depth kind of super fan way that you guys do um you know probably usually like second screened it but love a lot of the characters think the production was pretty awesome but i do love the like how the game has pretty much always been the same since those early early you know 2000 times because it's just such a good format and i think that's why it's still so successful as a franchise compared to you know all the other renditions of reality tv we have now so definitely know the mechanics um definitely wasn't expecting as many twists like that <laughs> that was definitely to compared to anything I've seen before. But um, certainly, yeah, I think um, the format has been what it is, and um, the players have obviously gotten very, very good. It's the same across, I think, so many of our reality TV competitions. But yeah, I think the level of survival player, survivor player you have now with people like George and Haley and all that strategic thinking is very different to how I think um, the earlier renditions and earlier seasons were because people have just watched so many more, um, yeah, players play it. Can you talk us through um, sort of what made you want to play the game? Were you approached by production that they headhunt you or did you see the advertisement out there for people to apply for the show? How, how did that process work? Yeah, I won't probably won't get too much into the details of it. Um, I will say that it was something that I didn't think of myself. So um, it's definitely something that I didn't go through the standard application process, but you do have to still go through the same process that everyone does. So even if, um, so, and it, I think this year as well, the process was a little bit different because of COVID. Basically, I believe that they had a cast from last year, but, um, or, you know, their group, their selected group that they had last year, but not everyone could carry over into this year when after they canceled last year's production, they had to, you know, bring everything forward to this year. So in that time and vein, because of the theme, they wanted to plug in some gaps. So I was one of those gap plugins, I think is how is how I would explain it. So yeah, so um, but went through the application process in a really kind of quick, quick time kind of turnaround point of view. And then yeah, and ended up in the show, which I was still very surprised that I could get through that. Obviously, the, the Australian survivor, Brains vs. Brawn, being based in Cloncurry, Queensland. I know a big part of your arc, um, there was a little bit about you having aquaphobia and not, not being able to swim too well. Um, how is that adjusting to obviously being in the outback and not being on an island in Fiji? Yeah, that was quite an interesting one. So um, being... Um, I, I can do a doggy paddle and I could swim. So, and, and I think one of those questions that go, you know, how can someone get on Survivor without swimming? And um, you do have to take a test. My, you, you have to swim a certain amount, um, any stroke you want. I could swim the backstroke. I think there are certain parts of the um, parts that didn't air where you do see me try desperately to swim something in backstroke and 
I didn't drown, but it wasn't pretty. Um, so yeah, so, but I think a part of me when I went on was thinking, you know, we are in the outback, are they gonna find a body of water? And I kind of played the odds a little bit going, it can't be as much water as you normally would think it would be in Fiji. So that, that did play on my mind a little bit. And then I did some research and went, oh, there's a dam. I bet they're gonna make us swim in the dam. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> was that the Conquery Dam became where all the water challenges were. But I think compared to many of the other previous seasons, yes, there was a lot less water, but certainly um, water was there. I knew going in that I would have to kind of deal with this. I was very upfront about the fact that, you know, I'm not a, like, I, I do have, aqua I, I, I don't think it's diagnosed as aquaphobia. I haven't spoken to anyone, but you know, I am very nervous every time I get into water and stuff like that, I kind of have to tamp it down. Um, I went scuba diving in Fiji and basically had a panic attack right before I could go in and stuff. And they really some time to like take me through and stuff like that. So definitely something that's irrational as many fears are. And I knew to have to deal with this somehow on national TV. And I was like, it'll be fine. It'll, I'll figure it out. And what you probably saw was me actually trying to mentally figure that out through that time. And, you know, if you're going to do it, what a way to do it, right? National TV, swimming with a world champion surfer, not, you know, that's one way to try and, you know, deal with the fear. 100%. So I'm sort of curious in those early stages of getting into the game and obviously being selected to be in the Brain Stripe, I guess two questions here. Firstly, um, you know, what was it like finding out you were in the Brain Stripe? Were you shocked by that and by the people around you that were also in the Brain Stripe? And then secondly, um, how did you feel you fitted in in those early stages as someone that had an accent coming into this as well? Because obviously uh, people would have probably picked up that you originally were from America. Did you feel like in those early stages it made it a little bit harder for you because it's such a social um, so, sort of political game uh, as well. So I guess two questions here around the brains theme and also just about having an accent and being from America coming into the show. Oh, those are really interesting questions. So the first question about being a brain, um, no, I was not surprised that I was a brain and I would have been, there There would have been some giant mistake if that hadn't happened. Um, definitely felt, and especially once I found out the theme, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Why, what gap I was trying to fill, et cetera. So I think, yes, definitely felt it home on the Brains Tribe. I think going into the Brains Tribe, I was actually quite surprised and quite impressed with, I guess, how the makeup of the Brains Tribe went on. And it wasn't like, you know, I was thinking it was gonna be a bunch of software engineers and like, you know, math mathematicians, but it was actually how they defined brains was really, really clever. And I think really made the show kind of um, that tribe, especially very, unique and balanced you know you had someone like andrew who's like a wildlife expert a complete nerd but also completely a physical beast in that way because he's a brain in a very particular way as an example so i thought that was really really clever and i think i was probably the most like the nerdiest of the brains in that way i think i filled that archetype quite well of just being who someone who was very not outdoors and very completely uncomfortable in so many elements in so many ways and that so yeah but um I, I thought that the the way they had that tribe come together was really really clever and I did feel mostly at home um with the tribe not so much in the environment <laughs> and what was going on <laughs> but went through that um to answer your second question no that actually didn't come up with the accent so um yes people could pick that I was American I think also being a woman of color and being like you know obviously quite not not non-caucasian I think 
like was already something that you know i think um specifically with australian survivor i think you know there's it's it's a very different makeup and i think have being being someone who is of a race, different racial background is something that you know people will notice and people are mindful of so the fact that i have an american accent i think doesn't really kind of take away or add to i guess that understanding of what that represents and everything so yeah so i don't think and i was very i've always been very upfront about being american but i've also lived in australia for so long that i think um I'm pretty acclimatized to like, I guess, um, the, you know, Australianisms and the colloquialisms, but there are very small things that are still surprising. I actually had my very first finger bun while I was out there. They didn't show this as one of the, um, one of the episode, one of the days we had a uh, finger buns as a reward or, or, you know, just something. And I was like, I've never had one of these before. And that was like, you know, one of those talking points we could go through in terms of cultural understanding, because I honestly have never had one. I couldn't explain it. it to explain it to because we do have 70% of the people who listen to our podcast is actually from America, not from Australia, funny enough. So explain it to the Americans that are listening to this interview. What is a finger bun? A finger bun is basically a kind of like a hot dog bun. I'm going to call it a hot dog bun because that was basically my brain going like, oh my God, this is like white bread in a long form. And you put like pink icing on top of it. And it's like the sweet bread treat essentially. But I've never had anything. I've lived in Australia since 2006. Never had this before. I think mostly because I live in Sydney and it's not really like a cosmopolitan Sydney thing or something but yeah but it was absolutely delicious especially I think we had it on day 40 I think it was one of those congratulations you've made it to day 40 but they didn't air this part I realized in the show but you made it to day 40 here we're actually going to feed you without you needing to earn it so that was very nice and it was a very lovely sweet treat to have in that way and an introduction to another avenue of Australian culture which is fantastic they do say survivors all about new experiences, don't they? But um, early on in the game, how did you sort of adjust straight away, really? Because you lost that first immunity challenge um, and the first reward challenge as well. You were obviously thrown um, into the calling position in that first reward challenge. So immediately after you guys lost that challenge, a little bit of a target thrown in your back. Not not a great position to be in early on. But who did you sort of gravitate towards early on at those on those first two days? Because we did see that you were sort of the target at the first tribal council there. Yeah, it was. And it's funny because... I feel like those first two days really hit me quite hard. And I think I wasn't like mentally ready. Like you think you're ready when you go in, you're like, okay, this is going to be tough and it's difficult. But I think that for me, it was quite, it was quite an overwhelming first two days. And I was um, quite overwhelmed and caught off guard. Um, definitely the challenges were really tough. And I think I was, I approached those first two days trying to be as, I guess, open to relationships as possible, but I'm actually quite, and you kind of can tell this from the show, especially like because I don't talk much is I'm actually quite introverted. So the also the concept of being I'm a performative introvert in that in a situation like this, I can talk to you guys and be really like on but then like I need a time to be alone and like kind of recharge in a situation where you're living 24 hours with strangers and having mm. like cameras watching you was quite um, confronting, I think. So I was just trying to basically form the relationships that I could form and transparently george was one of the first people that um yeah i had formed a great relationship with and um we actually come from the same local council we all know he's from bankstown <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually um from the same council but not that area a few suburbs over in in a place called campsy but um yeah it, it is quite funny so we had a little bit of that bond i think early on and he's such a you know he's such a charismatic guy he you know talks to everyone and is really just someone who is very 
um, you know, just loves to talk. And for someone who's a little bit quieter, I really think I appreciated that element of him versus I think someone like Mitch, for example, which you can see like there was a little bit more animosity there because he was actually also quite more reserved and quiet. So in the beginning, it was harder to sort of go to someone like Mitch and like have those types of conversations because he's doing his own thing. Um, also, Phil who of course we didn't get to see much from, um, you know, they were really like open and social and, you know, yeah. And really, I think would have played an amazing social game as well. So I think early on, those were the types of relationships that I was forming, but it was so, it all happened so fast and everything, you know, you're trying to do so many things at that time. But I think in those first two days, those were the types of um, types of relationships that were standing out to me in hindsight now. Now, you sort of bring up George a few times there, and obviously we can't talk to you without bringing George up. I think we can't talk about the season without bringing George up at some point in any case. But, you know, uh, he, he saves you here in the first vote, which um, comes as a bit of a surprise. You guys have a conversation the next day where you ask him why he saved you, and he said that he saw something in you that he thought he wanted to protect or have in the game with him there as well. But your relationship with George was quite a complicated one throughout the season, and there were certain times where um, you were getting a bit of abuse even on social media for turning your back on George at certain times early in the game. Um, can you talk us through sort of a little bit about that relationship between yourself and George and where things sort of went wrong there um, in regards to you guys being able to work together, even though he saved you? It looked like there were potentially a lack of communication at certain times or the, maybe your ways of communicating, you kind of hinted it, there is very different. Can you talk us through a little bit of that? Yeah, definitely. No. Um, first of all, and, and I think, you know, it's it's always funny because we watch through the game and you kind of are everything you see on screen you think is the full picture. Of course, we all know it's not. And also, I think the players and the people who are in the game are very different to the people who are in real life and everything. George and I have an amazing relationship. Um, like I said, he lives um, not too far away from me. He's actually probably going to end up being my like my LGA buddy in this regard. <laughs> because of the way lockdown is working right now in Sydney and stuff like that. The fact that he lives in my LGA, I'll probably see him much sooner than anyone else. So love him, absolutely have a great relationship with him, still talk to him very, um, you know, often, probably like every other day or something, depending on days, you know, just dropping notes and sending memes, those kind of relationships. So yeah, so, but it is funny because in the game, you recognize the types of players and what you're trying to accomplish in a game. And I think, Early on, yes, I was very surprised that George had saved me. I knew going into that first tribal that my head was on the chopping block. I didn't have a solution to save me. I was kind of just kind of going, I don't know what we're going to do. I, 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 I knew like, I was going to vote for Mitch because that was uh, George. George had told me he was going to vote for Mitch, and he had alluded that there might be a couple more people. I'm like, well, this is my only this is my only option. I don't have enough stronger relationships. I don't have anything of value at this stage to trade. So I think that was the thing. I had nothing of value to trade, and I was just like, well, I'm probably going to go home because I don't know what else to do right now. I I couldn't, you know, I yeah, I just couldn't figure out anything at that stage. So George did save me. I was exceptionally grateful, and in those early weeks that followed and and we do have to remember it kind of almost it's almost weeks i think it's like up to date day eight and i can't count the number of days anymore but we miss about three tribals after that first mm. tribal before we have to go back so while those um during those days when we're not at tribal it's a lot of strategy and a lot of discussion and a lot of gameplay is still happening and george and i were basically working together all the time and um yeah, like 
discussing lots of things. And George, of course, is always thinking about the game, has a very particular way of playing. And I recognize that from the beginning that, wow, this guy has a lot of strategy. I think where, for me as a player, I really admire his game and watching it back, I'm so, so impressed by what he did every single moment, all of those moments he had so much control. Less so, especially after Merge, I think, obviously, and even after Swap, I think the, the dynamics changed. In that early Brains tribe, I think he saved everyone in that first tribal and then it was hard to kind of, for, for various reasons, he did it in a way that didn't kind of win him lots of friends. Um, and it, it found it hard to be in that alliance. So it, it found it hard, hard to kind of re reestablish those relationships. So for me, playing with him was um, really good in that he, I had someone who was leading strategy all the time. But for me as a kind of, I guess, shyer player and someone who kind of operates, I knew the type of player that I was going to be was going to be someone who processed a lot of information and then made strategic decisions. But I needed the social connections to be able to gain the information. Playing with George early on in those days, it made it very hard for me to form those social relationships because everyone was mindful of how that information would be fed back to George. And we were both playing from the bottom. And I think, you know, I'm happy to play from the bottom, but I'm not actually a very good player from the bottom so i'm very lucky and grateful that he saved me and i had to play from the bottom and it's 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 just not somewhere that i could feel my game doing really well with so um i did make a decision to kind of move from a bottom to like a lower middle because then at least i'd have the gain of information specifically it was actually the mitch blind side where i had no idea that that was happening that i realized my own game was in jeopardy because i was missing information because nobody was giving it to me and that was specifically where i was like i kind of think i have to make a move make a change and trade a number essentially so of course we're all talking about the joey blind side and uh, not the joey blind side the moment where i switched into joey's alliance before his blind side and it was that moment where i'm like I just need to reposition myself to gain information so that I can play the type of game that I can play. And um, yeah, and I, I made that type of decision and it did change my relationship with George. And then later on, you know, we go through many days and we played separately because of Swap and everything. And now we have new relationships and everything. And I'll go, I'll let you guys kind of talk me through that. But in those early days, that was kind of that discussion and those thinking, the thinking behind how that, particular move and how George particularly played in those early days that affected my decision to, um, yeah, make the types of moves that I did. Yeah, I, I suppose with the swap, um, obviously you were, a, you were a pivotal part in the challenges on the early Brains tribe. You, you mentioned that you won three straight immunity challenges and you were the you were the queen of the puzzles um, alongside George, obviously performing well in those puzzles as well. So you were a big part of that. And um, going into the, the Shannon and Laura vote, you won a challenge there. You, you won and got immunity alongside Andrew. Um, how, how did you sort of adjust to the, the new Braun tribe early on and, and build those relationships, especially given that you four were in a minority there? Yeah, um, that was a really fantastic and also terrifying situation to be in. Um, first and foremost was I was exceptionally grateful when Swap happened that when we put, we unwrapped our buffs that I saw that I was in the same tribe as Haley. Um, Haley and mm. I had already started to form a quite a strong relationship um, early on in those uh, in those days. Um, Haley, Rachel, and I were, of course, working together to blindside Joey. And I think the three of us had wanted to intend to kind of stick together for as long as we could. And unfortunately, Rachel ended up on the other tribe and we didn't really get to work with her again. But Haley and I got to work together and that was really, really fantastic. So I think together, 
Um, Haley and I actually, um, yeah, I, I felt particularly grateful to be moving into the Braun tribe with her as a very strong sort of partner. And then having, of course, Andrew and Baden there as well. And I think it was really good for us to move into the Braun tribe. I've certainly felt um, comfortable. I think um, the additional strength that the new Braun tribe and the mixing of, the, of how we had Braun and Brain was actually um, beneficial for us because I think my lack of strength was too a parent in the brain's tribe where everyone had to basically literally carry their own weight. And I was not very good at that. I could, I could play a puzzle, but I couldn't physically carry anything. Um, versus I think when we got to swap, um, having that wasn't seen as so much of an issue because other, the other tribe mates who were stronger physically were able to literally help carry some of my weight as demonstrated by Flick. Um, in that water challenge. So I think it was, I was really grateful. I was, of course, very upfront with my, they'd already seen me perform in challenges, but also knew that um, my brain and uh, my puzzle, my puzzling abilities would help at least secure me that spot. So yeah, so we would, so I did feel much more secure when we moved into that bronze trap. And then yeah, um, beanbags, beanbags are the great equalizer. And somehow because we all agreed to work together and get to the end and we got to the beanbag challenge and it was fantastic. Um, so unknown thing that um, Simon has mentioned previously. So since he said it, I, I will say it as well. And I'm very grateful. And he accidentally landed my first beanbag. Um, in that beanbag immunity challenge. Um, if that was part of the rules that if you, and we were all landing beanbags on each other's, well, not me specifically, but part of the rules was if you landed on someone else's podium and it sticks, it's theirs, that's universal. So yeah, so I just managed to not knock it off and land the second one by myself. So that was also really helpful. So beanbags are the great equalizer. We love a good beanbag toss. <laughs> um, so wait, you guys took out quite a few big names before the merch. You know, you mentioned Joe there who looked like he was pretty much the the ringleader of that alliance that was forming there in the brains and then uh, you also took out shannon and simon who all had very big edits um who would you say was probably the biggest threat going into the merge the person you were sort of the happiest to get you know before they got to merge because you thought if they made the merge they could make a run very deep into the game would it be one of those three or was there someone else that potentially the edit didn't really show us that oh well, i think Ultimately, getting into merge, I think it was good that we took out Simon with his two idols for various reasons. Um, yeah, well, for specifically for having two idols so close to merge. So yeah, definitely a good a good thing to have that. Um, not have to deal with that at merge. I think. Um, yeah, I think all three. Look, all three of those players were exceptionally um great. I think. Um, Joey, we did take out quite early before swap. We did actually kind of consider that swap was happening, and part of our thinking was, you know, that the the downfall of any of that might actually protect us. We might be protected because we felt like something was happening. So, um, yeah, I think that that was a good time to take out Joey and do something unexpected without kind of putting targets on our backs. Um, I say ours. It, it was completely led by Haley um, in that vein. And then, yeah, um, Rachel and I were definitely very excited to have someone who was so keen to do that and kind of, you know, be able to form that block to do that. So kudos to Haley for making such a big move earlier. But yeah, I think um, definitely those those were three. And Shannon was an amazing player and um, was definitely a, a, a strategic threat. Um, yeah, interesting with Shannon because I, I didn't really get to play with her a lot. And I would have personally probably liked to have played with her longer. And I think I could have had a pretty strong relationship with her um further down the game 
what ultimately I do know it was a large part of my decision to send her home over Laura and a lot of that just had to do with keeping that brain and we needed to get we needed to keep the brain number up because if we had kept Shannon we might be able to bring her on etc but it just causes too many versus I knew of the solid four this would keep the brains at least on equal footing with the other four brawn and that would just help our numbers more because we couldn't guarantee that brains were going to win more immunity alliances so it was just such a tricky tricky time at that moment and I do kind of feel bad that we had to send her home then but it was just yeah it became a numbers thing more and so many of the time it, it does become a numbers thing with, with that Shannon though initially when you had that power alongside Andrew Rachel and I think it was so, someone Emmett. else anyway the, the, the four yeah the Emmett of course Emmett was winning all the challenges um but you had that power obviously to to vote out either Laura or Shannon first of all you voted for Laura um, and then obviously after Emmett also voted for Laura, Simon sort of quipped up and said that Shannon was actually causing a lot of animosity amongst the tribe. Was that decision to get rid of uh, Laura initially, was that sort of to, to create a little bit more calm around the camp or was it to potentially keep your position on the Bronze tribe a little bit more safe by sticking with, 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 a, with a member of your tribe in Shannon? Yeah, so um, that was an interesting kind of tribal and it was a little bit... It was interesting because we held all the power, but we were not part of, and so early in the swap when we don't have all the dynamics established, we were so lucky. Andrew and I were so lucky that we had Haley basically kind of forming plans for us because we were, of course, away on our reward, enjoying our reward and having our little chats and having no idea what's going on there. Haley debriefed us, told us about her split, her amazing move. And I, again, was just so impressed by her ability to pull that off. But of course she can. She's Queen Haley. I knew that from the beginning. Um, but with that being said, I that was the only firsthand information I had wasn't really solid. And yes, my gut when I when they gave us that power, it was actually quite debilitating because I didn't know what the right decision was, and there wasn't really a chance to kind of chat that through with the rest of the alliance because it was like, what do I do? I don't know enough. And, and again, I'm the type of player who plays with information. I don't know enough to really know what what what's the best decision and i was thinking of the alliance specifically so my gut was well you know don't upset don't upset the tribe you know kick out the other person keep us at least yeah harmonious in some way because um you know we have to wake up tomorrow and work together and it was simon piping up kind of going oh actually no and then me quickly reevaluating the numbers going this is the safest way again to keep the brain strong which is the four of us is to actually boot out the other person and then we're back to four four and if there's already because Haley had mentioned that the brain the, the bronze split open but I hadn't witnessed how split it was and there was always that part of me are they just going to vote one of us out we don't know but at least we have that idol you know and stuff like that because you never know you, you think that they're kind of double bluffing us but to see that play out in tribal I'm like actually this is a weakness that we can exploit and then it, it I, I yeah it made me switch that switch my vote straight away to Shannon kind of going, this will keep the numbers strong. And there's enough of a break there that I don't think that this will suddenly put us more in jeopardy because we've done something to upset people, et cetera. It's so tricky because you think you know everything, but you can never know everything. And you make these decisions kind of going, why these twists? This is not how the game is supposed to work. Why are you doing this to us now? Um, how much of a um, disadvantage was it to your alliance losing Rachel here before the merge? Because you mentioned her quite a few times as someone that worked very closely with yourself and Haley. Um, and how did you sort of pivot after finding out that she would not be that person that you can rely on come the merge time? 
Yeah, look, losing Rachel was a bit of a was was quite gutting. Haley and I did talk about trying to figure out ways to, you know, um, I think we had sneaky little quick chats when we could with, um, you know, I think Haley whispered something to Kez to try and like kind of balance it out, etc. But we also knew we could sense what was happening just from watching, you know, the other tribe on the other side and knew that that those numbers were coming down and the brains were being picked off. And the only thing we could do was to keep our numbers strong and to keep our four. And, and you know, we didn't lose a single brain that entire swap, which we were was basically the best we could do. I mean, I think we also tried to form stronger relationships with the brawn. I think Flick being our main um, sort of target or hope to being able to convert her over. And she we knew she had strong alliances on the other end, so that would help our numbers. So we were hoping that those numbers would pan out. But ultimately, we kind of were like, yeah, we it was it was unfortunate, but we knew it wasn't any. It's funny because as the days go further on, and as you play the game, you realize you. I realize that you just don't have control over things you don't have control of, and you just have to play with what you can control. And what we could control the best to our ability was what was happening on our tribe, and whatever happened, whatever fallout happened there, it just happens, and you just deal with the situation when it comes, and be like, these are the new pa parameters and variables to work with. How do we make this work? So yeah, so it was just very unfortunate, but there wasn't anything that could be done, and that was how that tribe unfolded there. So I guess, how surprised were you that George found a way to survive within that tribe and sort of ride the, the, the old bronze alliance and then make his way to the merge? And then at that point, how reluctant were you guys after finding out that he made it to the merge to actually work with him on the CARES vote when he came to you guys about the fact that she had an idol? Can you talk us through a little bit of some of the decision making and specifically your thoughts in regards to it? Because I feel like at certain times, especially at the merge, your edit became what we call in the survival world a bit of a purple edit we didn't see much of you for a while so if you could talk us through that oh, yeah. that'd be really good <laughs> yeah oh look um i'm not surprised that george managed to do so well in the other tribe um a lot of that has to do with kara um i will say that you know kara is an amazing social player she earned a lot of trust amongst you know the, the the tribe members especially in the bronze tribe and everyone really trusted her and and i think um being able to lean on that and you utilize that that duo is of course a great like balance of each other george is an exceptionally strategic player and car is an exceptionally social player and i think those two combined were just a really great force so um we weren't and especially with Kara's situation of where she ended up swapping, she became the first brain to be the brawn. Um, you know, we knew that she already had those relationships. So yeah, so it wasn't surprising to us what was happening over there. It was gutting, like I said, because we knew we were losing potential alliance members, but um for merge, but also recognizing that, you know, it wasn't anything we could do about. So definitely not surprised that um George made it as far as he did. When it came to merge, um, we were hoping that the numbers would be in much our favor. We were very hoping that, you know, we kind of knew either original brains, we had the numbers, but of course, George, George and Kara wanted to stick with the brawn. And of course, um, we were hopeful for Flick, but that also didn't pan out. So we were, we were, we were pretty terrified, I think, when we came to merge and realized that the only number we gained was Laura and we were so solidly on the bottom of an 8-5 and that's not 
a comfortable area to be in. So George was essentially trying being a double agent was our only was our only option. It was either trust George and go with him with um, the Kes vote and the subsequent votes that he suggested, or basically lose one of us, and we just could not afford to lose anyone um, at that stage. So. I think we did ultimately all kind of realize that we had to stick as strong as possible, which is where, you know, some of the things that Haley did and, you know, part of my purple edit is, of course, lots of things were happening and I was just there <laughs> trying not to call attention to myself, especially in that situation. Once again, I'm at the bottom. I don't play personally. My game doesn't evolve very well from the bottom and it is just stay as quiet as I can and hope to God I'm not a target because I'm not a physical threat because now that we're in merge, I'm, you know, not in likely to win an immunity challenge versus Emmett. So yeah, so it is an accurate edit, I think, of how that part of the game transpired. Obviously, I was doing a lot more than just, you know, not being there. I was physically there. Um, but yeah, but so many things were happening, obviously, with people trying to reposition themselves in so many ways and 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 how how those fallouts happened and how those um strategies panned out. And I think there's just lots to be said there about, you know, there are so many people, and especially when you get to merge, you're looking at 13 individual games again those you're not mm -hmm. looking at pairs and groups and alliances anymore you're once again re-examining 13 individual games and too much is happening i think for them to show on on that and and it's funny because while it was purple editing i also knew what my final trajectory was <laughs> so you kind of go yeah but i know when it's gonna change and i know when it kind of matters and things like that but you forget that even i'm like did i am i even still on this show <laughs> so yeah but I did kind of know what was happening toward, like, towards the pointier end of the game. Yeah, you mentioned you were sort of fading away a little bit, not to attract the target on yourself. With that Haley blunt, or not, not so much a blind side, obviously a unanimous vote, and you were a part of that, the 9-1 vote there. Um, you mentioned Haley, you were pretty close with her, especially on that Bronze Tribe, and, and later after that, Mitch and Joey blindside on the original Brains. Um, how, how hard did you, did you, Andrew and Laura, sort of work to try and keep her in the game, or were you sort of um, trying to shift the target away as much as possible and just say we can lose a member now and, and try and rework our alliances going forward? It was pretty tricky because of the situation that we were in, of com being completely reliant on George being the double agent. And Haley's decision essentially took away, I guess, the only power or position we thought we still had, essentially. It was a tricky one. Um, I don't blame her for doing that. I think strategically it makes sense as a move to try and save yourself. What I think in and and Haley and I have discussed this I think a little bit after she came back and everything where I think that kind of move went wrong is I don't think personally that she had anything of value to trade she had information but information is only useful if someone can do something with it and I don't think at that stage the information was particularly of value for her to utilize like I, I get it it was a bit you know it, it, it was it, it needed to be done it, it seemed a bit desperate but what else was she going to do I think she felt that she was a big target if someone from the from the brains alliance was going to go first it was going to be her anyway so she was going to throw a bit of a way to try and try and um yeah try and get that target off her back um unfortunately it wasn't successful versus I think I was in a better position because I wasn't a threat and because I hadn't made any moves that I couldn't think things like that going 
well, you know, what are we going to do? Um, it was unfortunately, we did all kind of vote for Haley at that stage because, well, personally for me, I was working quite closely with her, but also knew there was no point in me saving her. That would just put a target on my back at, at that stage because there was no way we were going to get the numbers. And I knew that, yeah, and where Andrew and Laura sat on that. And it was just, it was just like hide in the majority or make a stand and say, hey, no, I didn't vote for her. And then people will go, why you're next and you know you just have to make those types of decisions so i don't think Haley holds that against me we've talked about it she completely understands that there's no point in trying to vote with something called loyalty what's loyalty this is survivor i don't know but um you know there yeah there was no there was no it, it just becomes a numbers game and you if you hide in the numbers and your numbers don't matter you might as well stick with stick with the majority because that's the safest place to be so yeah so um it, it, it was it was look I, I think to answer your question, I don't think we fought particularly hard because there was no backup. Because if we fought to save her, then what else, you know, at least this way, the rest of us live another day. And then of course, you know, she came back and gave her number back to us, which was great. Like we were, and it was a bit of a shame because it was Baden and Haley who would have helped benefited us either way. So it was a bit of a, you know, we were, we were gonna gain a number back anyway. So yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> So I've got a question on, I guess, on the whole Baden thing. Um, you know, Baden was taken out here specifically in a way where it sort of came across on the TV show like he was a number for um, potentially George, and that's the reason that he was targeted here within your minority alliance. In your opinion, from what you know, was he really closer to George and Kara than what he was to you guys? Do you feel that was an accurate assessment by the, the Brawns at that stage in the game? And... Secondly, um, after that, I want to ask you also a question around the twist because I came onto the show very passionately about saying it's the worst twist that we've ever seen in any season of Survivor. I put it even as worse than Edge of Extinction, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's basically um, someone gets voted out, they get to go spend time with the jury with the jury on an island so they can you know game with the jury, become friends with the jury, and come back at the final five and then win the game, which I absolutely hate. Um, but you know this for me is even worse than the Edge. I would rather have the Edge back than the position where one person gets to vote somebody out solely um I, would, I had very strong feelings about that so um i guess firstly the baden question and secondly did it piss you guys off as much as it did me when you saw this happening this twist um, i don't know if you can be honest about it or not or was there another twist um that annoyed you even more than this one you know or was was the future feeling mutual around it because i was livid coming onto the podcast when i saw that <laughs> sure definitely uh well first of all with the baden thing i i was actually more Baden, it was known, I think, throughout the Merch Tribe that, yes, Baden had a closer relationship with George and Kara. Um, uh, it was, so I can't comment too much about it because it was kind of news to me exactly, like that conversation that Danny and Emmett had, you know, that was the first time I'd seen that conversation. It was like, oh, that was their reasoning behind it. I knew it was, we all knew, obviously, they were going to target a brain of, um, and we felt it would likely be, Haley at that stage I think we thought it would be Haley or Baden so I'm not too surprised that it ended up being Baden and it wasn't uh specifically Haley I'm pretty sure and this is part of where you know Haley had to make her big move there was that she was pretty paranoid it was going to be her and I think it just came down to I guess um strength and threat and I think Baden and Haley seemed more likely to be physical threats in challenges. So that was my understanding of it. Um, I didn't really see the George and Kara positioning of him being the leak for the double agent being until I basically watched that episode. So I'm actually surprised by that. I wasn't surprised that 
everybody sort of knew that George was the mole, but didn't say anything or was protecting him. Like that I kind of saw was, was I understood that dynamic for what it was, which was, but he's useful. And these things are, you know, he's useful for both sides. So yeah, so I think that Baden, yeah, being taken out that point, that was gutting. Um, that twist, there were so, I do feel like there were a, a ridiculous number of twists this season that we hadn't seen before, starting all the way from that first advantage that was shown at tri first tribal. I get it from a cinematographic. It was so controversial. It, you know, started the season off with a bang. Me, the storyteller, totally gets it, but never seen something like that before. And the way it was executed, it really changed how all of us, I think, approach the game. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm a casual, casual viewer. So, you know, but I'm aware of, you know, yeah, Edge of Extension. I've, I've seen that and I've he heard of it and kind of go, oh, that's one of those things that they do. Okay. But this one kind of set us off on the foot of, wow, this season's going to be bizarre. And there were a few other ones like this, like the car turning back, being turned around one. And just, we were kind of ready for these ridiculous twists. So I think, while you were very shocked and annoyed that, that this was probably the worst twist that you'd ever seen, I, I hate it because it does give all the power to one particular person in that way. Um, and, you know, sure, they earned it because of fire and fire is so important, but it does kind of take, it, it gives the power to one person for no reason, rhyme or reason, because it was already narrowed down to only three. And any strategy that you try to create in that time becomes absolutely moot. So it becomes, what is the point of this game? Let's just have one person make all the decisions. Like why trick us into thinking you're gonna have a three be, and then actually have that three be narrowed down to one. And so, yeah, so that kind of mind boggled us, but we were so used to being mind boggled at that time that I don't think this particular twist stood out among some of the other ones. So um, yeah, but it, it definitely didn't feel like a good one. It definitely didn't feel like a good one. And I have to say, poor Baden, I think that poor Baden had just a run of bad luck in so many ways. He had that egg on that, um, you know, stand in auction. And, and I think he just had a run of bad luck for him. Because I think if both Emmett and Danny had voted together, they would have voted for Haley, I think. is is or Sorry, um, there was a, I thought that they would have voted for Haley. I thought the decision to vote for Baden was more Danny's decision. But now having watched it back, I was like, oh, maybe that is actually what they had agreed on initially. So that particular piece of information was new to me in that way um, about how they, and I I'm not sure if it's the edit either. I haven't actually confirmed nor denied that on their end, but um, it was an interesting piece of information for me. So on the, on the the sort of the subject of some of the more controversial things within the season, which for for us as fans, I think some of the twists, Riley was a little bit more okay with some of them than me. I, I didn't like the amount of twists that were happening, but I'm a salty old school Survivor fan and that's why. Um, and, you know, another thing for me that sort of stood out this season was that the challenges seemed to be extremely lopsided, where you had a season of brains versus brawns. One half of the season is brains, the other side is brawns, but it seemed that 80 to 90% of the challenges was brawn heavy. Um, you know, did you come into this season sort of expecting it to be a little bit more balanced? Were you shocked by the amount of sort of brawn heavy challenges in the season that had both brains and brawns? Because obviously the one challenge you ultimately ended up winning was one where you required brains to win it, which it showed that you could actually do that pretty successfully and, and win some immunities. Did you feel like, um, did you expect, I, I guess it's expect the unexpected, but what was your expectations in regards to the challenges coming into the season? 
Um, definitely, I think ex um, with the challenges, I had expected a little bit more brain going into the challenge. I was like, well, it's a season of brains versus brawn. And also knowing that, you know, I was a I was a gap filler and that I fulfilled a certain criteria, you know, in in in, in applying, I think. Um, yeah, I did expect that there would be more puzzles. It was the thing, one thing that I did practice because of time and everything. You practice your strengths. You know, I'm not going to suddenly be able to lift 100 kilos that, that I can't do that in a short amount of time. But something you're good at, you can hone. So I did practice my puzzles as much as possible before coming in because I knew that that was something that I could accelerate and be much better at with an edge. So, yeah, unfortunately, that didn't, you know, that didn't pay out so well for me through most of the challenges um yeah i i do i do feel like the challenges felt quite brawn centric um so there was a lot of agility and balance and stuff like that which i think could help like you know someone like Haley, who's obviously quite you know has that body type and a lot of and her history and dance and everything and i think but a lot of that did feel like um it was still very physical for someone like for people like me and george who do kind of make up that more brain components we both found the challenges quite physically um challenging in many ways um but yeah george is a stronger person than me and everything he has more upper body strength he trained a lot more but yeah it, it did feel a bit lopsided but in the moment i think i just was accepting of this is just how it's going to be things i cannot control I, stockholm syndrome it feels like in so many ways yeah what a season what what a bunch of challenges oh what were they thinking Obviously, um, you, George, George and Kara came back onto your side and they helped you to eliminate um, a, a string of competitors in Gerald, Emmett, and then eventually Andrew, who started to go against Haley and George a little bit there. Um, and you were left at this final six scenario, obviously, with Danny and Flick on the Braun tribe, um, Kara and George, who have been close since day one, and then you and Haley. With the urn twist in play as well, so there was that little bit to, to wrestle with there. Um, obviously, you and Haley in particular were at least from what we saw in the edit, very tight and the swing vote on most of those votes there. How much do you sort of think about going against George, especially with that earn twist in play or, or potentially having that backfire on you? And was this sort of the point where you started to think about the end game and how you got to the final tribal council? Yeah, so the final six was interesting. The urns are interesting and a bunch of things are happening quite a bit at this stage. Um, yes, Haley and I have been working together pretty much since early day on. And I think um, they showed it more and it didn't become more apparent um, until later on, which again is just storytelling and just too many things to show at that time. So yeah, I think... Um, in that final six, there were you always flirt. You flirt with every single possibility. You cannot certainly for players like myself and Haley, who are just basically like trying to think strategically, and we're not. I mean, you flirt with every single idea, and you also let your emotions go into that a little bit. Like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great if we just because there was, you know, as much as there's strategy and stuff involved, you do kind of go, wouldn't it just be great if we just, and I think they played out some of those dialogues quite a bit where we do kind of joke, let's just vote out George, you know, and everyone does say that often. And, and it is a default scenario that we all discuss for various reasons. Like I said, I love George as a human, we're very good friends now, but there are instances because he is such a bombastic player that you kind of go, it wouldn't be, controlled chaos or less chaos isn't necessarily a bad thing but strategically and it always comes down especially for players like me and Haley where you just look at this look at how it plays out and it just never felt like strategically the correct move you always say it well we always said it because that's and then they edit it and go look they keep considering voting for them because you consider all options especially in that situation but um yes I think 
it was about strength and where we felt, I think, um, I guess the final two. And, and it, it, so I think that as you get to that point, you do start to think about final two. I think I probably only started thinking about what the combinations of final two looked like at final five. I think at final six, we were still looking at our pairs and locking our pairs in as strong as possible because those pairs were, there, there's a lot of power in pairs because if you have a strong pair, you, you, you know that you can move as a block and especially in those number situations, it's, it's tricky. It is when you get to five, when you realize now there are no more pairs, there's only two pairs and an outsider and then that person becomes that extra extra component so yeah so I think um outside of knowing that George and Kara especially were such an unbreakable pair and we knew that they would be unbreakable for a while you kind of just have to keep forming those blocks against each other while working with them and we were just able to work with them and continue those blocks so it was it was a tough discussion and I think that's the thing is that because we had those solid pairs those those conversations were harder and when we got to flick it was a bit like well what do we do now you know and and that kind of last vote right before I got you know idled out um was that we could try and break someone up but do we really think Car and George are breakable and I'm sure there were discussions and there absolutely were discussions of breaking up me and Haley at that point and though that was probably a better one to try and navigate because as we think about those, what does that dynamic look like and, and how, how that eventually panned out. So I'm not surprised that I ended up where I ended up. I'm actually very grateful and I think that's an X for me. While it would have been amazing to get to final three and final two, I also didn't really, I didn't, I personally didn't have a very clear path to it because I was aware of these pair dynamics and how we're going to break them up and who's actually the weaker pair and, and where can you find those cracks and, and you recognize those and kind of have to play with them because no one's going to suddenly have a brain lobotomy and change who they are. So you kind of just have to work with that as best you can. I do want to backtrack just a little bit before I go back because I'm hearing you on the pairs and I'm assuming that you your end game was going to be going with Haley to the end. And I do have a question around that for you. But before that, you had someone else in the game that sounded like they may have been a bit of a pair for you or an option to be a pair for you as well that you ended up taking out, which was Andrew. Um, do you feel like taking Andrew out at the spot that you did potentially made your road to the end harder because you didn't have that extra person there that could win challenges and potentially help you get to the end and take you with them? Uh, what was that relationship like? Because it did look like you guys were pretty tight as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I... So yes, Andrew is a funny one because my um, road with Andrew and my journey with Andrew began in the dune buggy because Andrew was my driver when we all arrive oh, right. and you see that bad backstage. So we never really could talk at that stage. But it's funny because we have this, I'm a big, you know, sap basically and have these emotional moments that you guys have all been privy to. And I think I did have a conversation of our journey starts in the dune buggy, which is why I'm saying it now. So yeah, we spent the most time together. Um, again, you, it's interesting because for me, the Andrew vote was pretty straight forward I do know that the edit made it seem like I would work with him more and there was of course options and thoughts that I had in my brain and and specifically with George saying that you know oh Andrew put your name up etc and all of that stuff um for me and I knew I was in the swing vote position and that I was the one being courted to um go into to try and vote the other way and I considered it but it was never it was relatively a straightforward vote for me because I knew that for me, it felt I didn't, I was 
very conscious of working with Haley as long as I could, as long as I physically could, because I really enjoyed working with her and felt that we had a very strong, similar ways of thinking. We joked a lot throughout the game that we kind of shared the same brain. There were like things that were boring, but you know, we play word association games with the tribe, you know, stuff you never see on TV. But in those types of games where we're doing stuff like that, we always made similar guesses and we always like kind of thought in similar patterns. So we recognized that we actually thought very similarly, which made working together very easy because there were many times where I didn't have to justify my position or try and explain something and vice versa. We just kind of got it. So that made it a lot easier for me to want to work with her. So in knowing that I wanted to work with Haley and knowing that we were working with George and Cara, I just didn't see any room for Andrew in the Alliance. We had the strong four. There wasn't any point in bringing a five. We already had that majority. We weren't gonna, it's so, as much as it hurt me emotionally, strategically, I, I was never really going, it was not one of the more difficult votes for me to make, even though I knew I was the swing vote there. But for TV purposes, I think that got played up a lot more or something of that nature. So yeah, I don't think, I never considered what that would have looked like if I worked with Andrew, but I don't think that I would have stayed. I don't. I didn't have strong enough connections, even with Andrew, compared to my connection with Haley, that we could have worked together for me to get much further than how I ended up by working with Haley. I felt that it brought me further down the track where I could actually see maybe there'd be a final two. But you are going to ask me that question now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so sort of leading into that. So going to the end potentially with Haley, if that was your plan to go to the end with Haley, or if you landed in the final with Haley, what would have been your case to the jury to win? the title of Soul Survivor above Haley, who had a pretty impressive resume up until this point. And were you aware of how big of a threat she would be going into that um, final tribal council? A thousand percent. And yes, I think um, Haley and I had always discussed kind of what a final three could look like, knowing that that immunity challenge, um, always endurance, what that would look like. And we were kind of discussing some different permutations on that. I had slightly different thoughts about it. And that is because of the type of game, what I thought I would bring to the jury if I got into a final tribal was um, of course my underdog story. And I think that that was specifically what I was leaning on in um, any kind of final tribal pitch was I did have a lot of friends on the jury, um, not in the same way that Flick did where, you know, she was brawn and there were quite a number of bronze members. So there were technically more brain members in there in the end, once you bring everyone out of the final four where we had so many brains and everyone else goes back in the jury. But um, I think ultimately I did feel like I could rely on sort of that underdog story of you know personal growth and accomplishment. And it's a very different thing because I also recognize that this particular jury wasn't really of jury of super fans like you guys, you know. I think the type of play game that Haley played was absolutely amazing. I was immensely impressed and I don't know I don't think I would have stood a chance against someone like Haley but I was going to definitely try with emotional pleas of personal growth and also that ultimately while Haley made a lot of the more verbal moves of um you know she was she's more extroverted than me she's a lot more you know I'm, I'm a quieter thinker and kind of introspective she went out there and built a lot of those relationships which is amazing and you know fantastic and you know she deserves it just because she did so much of that legwork but we did move in step 
a lot with our strategic making. And of course, I didn't get voted out, she did, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> um, so I think things like that were probably what was playing around, playing along my brain, because we did actually make a lot of the same moves. And there were things that, you know, I think um, working together, Haley and I were recognizing that we were always, we were often in the majority, pretty much voting in the majority for most of the votes, I think, um, you know, recognizing that we always had the numbers and we always knew what those, so kind of those types of things were what we were thinking through. And also while you're thinking about that, you're not fully forming the entire story until mm -hmm. you basically know you're there because anything can change. If someone else wins immunity, that story changes. So I think, um, yeah, my story was unique. I think, um, and that was probably the only story I had was essentially, you know, what I had personally gone through to be able to do that and hope that maybe that would sway enough of a jury. Would it have worked? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Kaylee's a very, very deserving winner. And if she, again, if I was standing next to her and she won, there would be no part of me that would have been like, darn, that should have been me. I think that she's an exceptionally deserving winner, as is George. I think Ultimately, we got the final two that, you know, of the two best players, even though it's it's amazing that that happens because you think that they would be threats against each other. But it makes us, you know, as fans and watchers, just really appreciative of how that unfolded. What did you think of George and Haley's pitches at the final tribal council? And did you sort of wrestle with um, voting for George at a point or were you really set on voting for Haley given the game she played throughout? And obviously you, you guys working so closely throughout the game. Look, um, you do go into the final tribal. I think you go into the final tribal, you've played the game for so long and you have deep respect for the game. So as much as like, I think there's no way that you're going to go in there and not pay pay the respect the tribal is, pay the respect that the tribal is due because of, of the game, I think. At least I wouldn't. I definitely... Went into tribal, yes, I knew I had a very strong alliance with Haley. It wasn't so much the alliance, but I guess the type of game she played was very similar to mine strategically um, in the way we evaluated moves and stuff like that. So that definitely had her higher up in the who would I potentially vote for. But I had too much respect for the jury and for the jury process to kind of go, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to dismiss anything that happens in final tribal. I think that would be terrible and, you know, kind of what is the point and we've been through this much already Stockholm syndrome but we've been through so much that we have to pay it its due respect so definitely I would have weighed up the point of um to vote George I personally don't think George did a great job in that final tribal um I would have I think he had such an amazing game I think he presented that well but I think um Haley's lines were clearer Haley owned everything, including how she ended up on Redemption Rock, which I personally was very impressed by. And I felt that that's amazing. She's owning it. She's owning it as a strategic move. Yes, it got her voted off, but she is owning it as a move, which is, you know, I have deep respect for that. And I felt that George's final tribal wasn't as strong in that way. Um, I think George missed the mark in many of us, many of the questions, and you didn't see my final question, but my final question to George specifically was about his allies and his choice of allies. And he picked such amazing allies, especially in Kara. And what did he learn from them? And I think it was a way for him to kind of demonstrate some humility in his game, which you don't see a lot of. And I think a lot of us were asking those types of questions, like Gerald's question, like, you know, who would you work with, et cetera. And I think he just missed that mark. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that what he says is valid, but it wasn't what the jury was looking for. So I think by missing that mark, it kind of meant that it was harder to kind of 
even if strategically you're strong, ultimately the jury makes a decision based on who they think should win the game. It's not who do you think played the strategically most optimal game. It is who who are you voting for? That that's the only criteria essentially given given the game. And and so I think that yeah, I I, I didn't I I thought. I think tribal could have swayed me more, but it didn't. Is ultimately my 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 decision on that. And I think George played an amazing game, and in many situations, that he definitely would have been my pick just against Haley in that tribal. That didn't that didn't pan out. All right. So two last questions here from us before we we know we kept you around for a little bit longer than what we said we would, and we really appreciate I'm very your chatty, time. It seems. <laughs> I really appreciate your time for this. Um, so one of the questions that I asked you in the beginning was who played the best game and who were you happy to take out before the merge? Um, if you could only choose one player to go back and play the game again um, after the merge that didn't make it to the final two. Um, let's make it final three because I feel like Flick would get a lot of love. So if you could choose someone outside of the final three and it can't be yourself, who do you think played the best game after the merge that potentially got clipped a bit early and that you think should get another shot at playing the game? Oh, I, wow. I Justice think... for Baden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't want to influence your decision. I, <laughs> I know, I know. It. Look, um... <laughs> Look, justice for Baden, but I actually would have been very curious how Emmett would have gone further. I'm very curious, and only because I do know, I do feel very responsible in a good way, but taking myself out of this equation specifically as to post-merge, um, just that control of power and if it weren't, because I was most surprised because he was controlling his threat level quite consistently in that he was such a big threat. And then once he fell into the minority, he was just agreeing with anyone to try and kind of manage that, which is where he spearheaded the let's vote for George piece before Haley and I switched our votes. I'm I'm just very curious how he would he was playing a fairly good strategic game in that way and obviously physically he was quite quite a challenge so i'd be very curious what the rest of his game would have looked like if it weren't for you know my particular um position in that um to 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 switch my vote and vote out Emmett there how how much further he could have gotten because i think he was he was playing an exceptional game there on 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 many fronts and i think it is that kind of all three elements of social, physical, and, and strategic. So I'm just very curious. Yeah, I, I'm such a curious person, and that's probably going to be my detriment because I'll end up burning myself because I probably would have been next. But <laughs> my vote is that my curiosity leads me to say Emmett. Obviously, being a children's book author, I, I do want to give you a little bit of a lighter question. Um, Haley and George, obviously, we, we know that you resonate a lot with the animal, the quokka, obviously being a very smiley animal. Um, if you were to put Haley and George into a picture book as animals, what, what animals would you characterize them as? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, ooh. Okay. I have to think about this one. Wow. I, I, I'm being put on the side. Okay. Haley, I think. Or is George going to be easier? Hang on, I, I need a I need a thought on this. I, I I don't know why for me, but I feel like I feel like um, and I don't. You go with whatever you were going to say. I feel like George is a meerkat. I really feel like he's a meerkat. <laughs> <laughs> I get the Lion King meerkat, especially with those dance moves that he did out on the island as well. Like I see it, oh my <laughs> but I don't God, want to influence yeah. your thinking. <laughs> And I, I, that was one of the first things I thought of, but I felt like um, meerkats travel in packs and George is more of a lone wolf. Like there's such a big 
thing when it comes to meerkats. They have this whole family, but I, I like my I'm weirdly gonna say, I think George is a bit of a salamander. I don't know why that's a new one. And I think it is just, he's a very, he he's kind of that amphibious nature, I think. I think salamanders are amphibious. I hope I'm getting this right. But just kind of, he kind of can blend in a certain way, but he's also quite his own unique character. He's such a character. So he's not like camouflaged in any way. So I'm not saying he's a chameleon, but just something about him is this really, and salamanders are super friendly creatures as well. And they're very quite adorable and everything like that. But then also being very unique and different and kind of not something you would have previously expected and stuff like that. I think George is a salamander in in many ways and then yeah um and and just having yeah but i like meerkat i think meerkat's a good one as well and for hey, me i think hey. it's just he just reminded me in the way that he sort of you know did that dance and the uprightness <laughs> and how he moved it was more like the physical thing i was like that reminded me of the lion king with the meerkat standing up you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, when they when they do the little hula dancing and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. Now Haley, Haley is gonna be a bit of an interesting who would you peg Haley for now? Now I'm curious about how you are. You know, you know, funny enough for me, well, if I'm gonna keep it Lion King strong, I'd probably put her as um a hyena and and more in the sense that mm. she goes with a pack and hyenas is ferociously dangerous and also the female Aina is the leader of the pack you know so I feel like you know not physically she looks anything but Aina she's gorgeous but just due to the hierarchy and the queen and the hyena being the main sort of dominant you know sort of leader within that pack it's probably where I would put her personally but I don't know I don't want to steal your question you definitely have a think about it and potentially um nominate one there as well I'm just thinking my, my, Riley's made me think of he, he sort of sprung it on both of us this question I didn't know he was going to ask it so now I'm going to have Lion King in my head when I go to bed <laughs> oh good which is fantastic hey there could be so many worse things in that like that yeah and now I've got Lion King in my brain so I'm, I'm thinking of that as well Look, I think Haley, Haley, I do kind of see like being the queen and kind of and and sort of I do kind of see a lioness in her as well, where yeah, her nobility yeah. and mm. stuff like that. But also the way I think um, she just does work really well with people and stuff like that. And with her with the rest of, you know, I guess, what are they called? The pride? Yeah, the rest of the pride and stuff like that. But working mm. really well. And she is also just, you know, physically quite a quite a quite a beast in that challenge beast sort of way. So, you know, my the, the whaley in me kind of has to keep her in sort of that kind of well elevated status so i'm going to go with a lioness for Haley just to round off your yeah. lion kings <laughs> yeah it makes makes 100 percent sense now final question if you were asked to come back and play the game of survivor again would you put yourself through it again I, 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 I'll have to think long and hard for that. I don't solve problems I don't have. That's going to be my first thing. Um, <laughs> look, I have to think I went into the game um, wanting, you know, to challenge myself. That was definitively what I wanted to do. I was like, this is something that's going to be so extraordinary. And I would regret it so much if I said no, because I was slightly worried about what am I going to do with water? You know, all those things I was like, look, logistically, they're not going to let me die. I want to give it a go and see how far I get. I have to see if I were to go back, what else I would gain from it? And I'm not entire at this stage, especially so fresh off, I'm not entirely sure. But then again, mm. you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, I went on in the first place, so <laughs> we'll have to see. 
No, it's fair enough. And and I, I do appreciate it. it's obviously very in short succession of actually playing the game that I'm asking this question. It'd be very difficult um, to know. But um, really, we appreciate your time, Way, to come on the show here today with us, talk a little bit about your game. And, um, you know, I think for myself and Riley, it's given us a lot more insights, especially in those specific stages in the game where we didn't get to see um, your thinking and, and how you're sort of strategizing there out in the game. Uh, do you have any like last minute advice i guess for anybody that is going to play the game in the future i know there is a blood versus water season that's already i believe they've already started filming so you probably can't give advice to them but for anybody else in the future that wants to go and play the game is there any advice you can give for someone uh that is going to go out there and play the game and specifically someone um that potentially fits in in, in your arch type as well if they go out there and play the game because i think it'll be pretty relevant for them and uh if they were out there and and they played with some pretty dominant, I guess, physical beasts in Australia and Survivor. What advice would you give them and, and what can they do to better prepare themselves if they were to get the call? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I was just absolutely stoked and grateful, I think, through every single part of it, even in the parts that were really tough. And I think keeping that grateful gratitude in mind is kind of going to be what carries well what I think carried me far. Um, it helped definitely with my relationships. I think the main thing is not to be worried about it and not to think too much about it um there were just so many things that i was so unsure of but i was like it'll be fine and i think going for it is 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 the way to do it and i'm personally really proud of myself of how far i went the fact that i lasted the 44 days is phenomenal and i never thought that yeah. that was possible and yeah i think just have no fear put the fear aside you know i mean I was still fearful of water but putting that aside and giving it giving it a go and i think being true to that and as authentic and grateful for that is is what i'm yeah i think can carry you far so best of luck and i believe in you <laughs> well way we want to thank you and hopefully in the future you know we can have you when we do another season and if we do recaps on brains versus bronze we had two survivors on our recaps this season and baden gilbert and andy meldrum who we really enjoyed having on the show and we'd love to have you on as a guest in the future as well if you have time at that time we'll reach out obviously we won't book you in uh, before February, because we don't know what you'll be doing then, you know, but 100% um, would love to have you back on the show. I would absolutely love it. And I know I'll be watching Survivor. So, you know, we'll all be <laughs> doing that. So, yeah, no, I would absolutely love it. And thank you both so much. Again, it's been so great. And it, it was throughout that time, like connecting with super fans like yourselves and your viewers and stuff like that, that really kind of brought the game to life. And we're just great. We're, you know, without you guys, there would be no show and no game. So great, really grateful for that. I appreciate it. So, yeah. Hope to be back. <laughs>